Welcome to Let's Fucking Talk. I'm Lauren, and today we're going to talk about a whole bunch of random shit. I mean, it's not shit, but you know. Okay, so this just happened to me last night, and I was like, I have to share this. Okay, so I, right now, like literally the last few weeks have been this First of all, I'm going through a transitional place in my life because of a connection that I ended recently. Um, and then as far as like career and business goes, you guys know I'm doing my life coaching certification. Um, and for those of you who don't know, I'm also in real estate. I've been a realtor for a few years now. And seriously, it feels like everything is happening all at once, like in a great way. So I'm getting this life coaching certification and my real estate business is the busiest it's ever been. Um, And it truly seemed to happen overnight. I moved to Orlando um, like two years ago now and had to start from scratch as far as building a network. I moved here really only having one close friend and I've done a few deals here and there and then all of a sudden it just like imploded like all these people started referring me the couple people I've worked with and it's just been like crazy in an amazing way so what I'm saying is overall things are really good and I'm at this point in my life where I'm starting to see all my hard work like pay off and come to fruition so whatever. Everything is lovely. I'm feeling extremely grateful. I'm very aware of um, all these positive changes that are happening. And I'm sitting on the couch last night and all of a sudden I started getting anxiety and I'm like, oh god, who's this? What? What happened? We were just sitting here watching TV. I was watching Bridgerton, which by the way, I feel like no one has talked about that show and it's actually like incredible or maybe I'm just out of the loop and I didn't see people talking about it maybe I'm late I don't know great show but anyways I'm sitting there enjoying my life and all of a sudden I start feeling anxiety so I try always never to be like hard on myself when I start to feel that feeling but I definitely try to check in and say like okay wait what just happened here because I always want to be able to be aware of triggers and because being aware of what triggers you is kind of what helps you manage your anxiety better. So I'm like, okay, what happened here? Like, I'm perfectly safe. I'm good. I'm in my living room. And it was this feeling of like impending doom. And I was having, for anyone who doesn't have anxiety, you start to have like very illogical thoughts like, just it's pure silliness honestly and I started having this feeling of like oh my god something bad is gonna happen tomorrow I'm like what (laughs) um 
I'm not a psychic. I don't have premonitions. So I was like, this is not that. <laughs> this is just like a story being made up by my anxiety. And I was like, I think the best way to go about your anxiety is to be curious about it. Not to shut it down, not to get upset with yourself, but truly to approach with curiosity. So I'm like, okay, interesting. Something in me is like, something bad is coming. And I had this moment. I literally went to go shower. And just those like 10 minutes of peace and quiet and a little bit of introspection brought all these answers to the surface. And what came up for me is that things are going so good right now that there's a piece of me that has a fear or a block of things eventually going poorly or like this coming to an end. And when I dug a little deeper on that idea, I realized that that comes from a limiting belief that I, my whole childhood was very unstable to a certain extent. Um, I did go to like the same school most of my life and grew up with the same kids. So that brought some sense of stability. But from the ages of three to 17, I believe I moved 18 times. All within the same like general area of South Florida but we were always in a different house and I, it was kind of always this feeling of like, oh, this is it. This is going to be our house forever. And it never was. And I think I was always waiting for the other shoe to drop, basically. And I've never really thought too deeply into that. And all of that came up in this moment of reflecting on that anxiety. And I was like, First of all, it's so powerful how just a quick, like, curiosity and analyzing of your thoughts can bring up this stuff from so long ago. And I feel like it shows that all of these limiting beliefs and fears and blocks are, like, right at the surface of our subconscious, dying to come out because I think none of us want to actually feel these ways. But how often do we take the time to reflect on those feelings? So instead, all of these limiting beliefs and fears live in our mind, in our subconscious mind, where we're not really paying attention to it, but our subconscious mind runs the show. So it is not great that these limiting ideas and beliefs live in the part of our brain that runs our life. And I think that's so often why humans are so good at self-sabotage. Like, we create a life that mimics what our subconscious believes. So if you have a lot of ups and downs, if things seem to go wrong for you a lot, like, it's really worth exploring how much of your mind is responsible for these, like, ups and downs. Um, So... That was, I I felt like I literally found a hidden treasure because I was like, oh good, like I'm so glad I just uncovered that because I don't want that idea living rent free in my brain of, oh, something bad is coming because things are going good. Because if you believe that, 
it will surely happen. So that was amazing for me to kind of discover that and make that connection to my childhood. And now I have a place where I can give my inner child some love, some reassurance, and understand these feelings that live inside of me. So I know I've talked about this a million times, but I'll say it again. Like reflecting on your childhood and getting in touch with your inner child is so important for healing because as humans, we're so logical. So we move on with life and we're like, okay, yeah, sure. Some things happened in the past. Maybe it wasn't great, but like I'm an adult now. Things are good. That doesn't matter anymore. But unless you've really healed from something, I promise you it's lurking in the background and it's still causing you issues or will cause you issues in the future. So, you know me, I'm just always promoting therapy and self-awareness and inner child work and all of these really important things because it's moments like I had last night where I'm reminded how valuable that stuff is. Now, to transition out of that topic, I wanted to talk about the feeling of being proud of yourself. So yesterday's little thing set aside, my logical conscious mind, my adult self is incredibly proud of me. And I had this moment um, a few days ago where I was, I worked all day. I had a showing for some people buying a house And then I had a second showing after them. So I was like working all day. And when I was driving from the first showing to the second showing, I got like this euphoric feeling of being so proud of myself, of just being proud that I'm someone who works as hard as I do and being proud of the fact that things are happening the way I've always wanted them to. Um especially coming from a childhood where uh, finances were a big stressor. And I mean, even as little as three years ago, I was the person who was trying to make it to Friday to get paid, who had an overdrafted account. And for all of that to be in the past now and be on this like, just incline of success is amazing. So this is not to compare situations at all. I want to literally encourage you guys to sit with yourself, do it right now if you can, and get in touch with that feeling of being proud of yourself. We literally have access to any feeling we want to feel at any time. We just have to put ourselves in that place and get present. So it's as simple as sitting quietly somewhere for two minutes and really facing inward, blocking out distractions, put your phone away, turn any sounds off, and just tell yourself one thing you're proud of. And again, this isn't like a comparison thing. I'm proud of certain aspects of my life. You might be proud of the fact that you were able to wake up and make breakfast for yourself. Um, Maybe you're proud that you went to the gym. Maybe, whatever. Like, 
I think we find excuses not to feel positive things if things aren't going perfectly, but sometimes we have to give ourselves a lot of grace. And I myself have days where I'm proud of myself if I literally make myself food that day. Because if I'm having a depressed day, everything is very hard. So I really encourage you guys to get in touch with the feeling of being proud of yourself. Um, it's such an encouraging feeling and I think it promotes further success and growth. So I hope you guys will take some time to do that because I think when I felt really proud of myself the other day, it was one of the more sincere times I felt that way about myself and it was just really cool to see and to experience and to feel. Okay, well that's all on me. I want to talk about, <clears throat> okay, well, <laughs> there's a couple layers to this. First of all, two weeks ago on the podcast, I talked about a virtual retreat that I was going to do uh, regarding patriarchy stress disorder. So, <laughs> the retreat was three days long. It was like a Friday from three to six, and then Saturday and Sunday were like full eight-hour days. I did Friday from 3 to 6. I tried to get the most I could out of it. And I got some good stuff, which I will share with you momentarily. But people are so fucking annoying. I literally could not get through this retreat because of other human beings. So this was a virtual retreat done on Zoom by this author who coined the term and created this book about patriarchy stress disorder. Um, I had heard of her on a podcast that I listened to, and I just thought the ideas she had were super interesting, and this is a free retreat. And I love retreats, and I love free stuff, so I was like, we're in there. Now, I get in this fucking Zoom, there's a hundred and something people, and, you know, Zoom has that chat box thing. You guys, people, picture a hundred something people, all messaging in this chat box the entire time this woman is talking, sharing their own stories of rape and divorce. And I'm like, are these people fucking kidding me? Like, I, I could not get over it. I could not get over it. And the woman leading the retreat was so kind. She was like, oh, so great to see you guys connecting in the chat. I'm like, can you tell them to shut the fuck up or can we turn this chat off? Because on Zoom, the chat pops up, like literally in the person's face who's speaking on camera. I couldn't make it go away. I tried dragging it off to the side. It still had notifications. I was like, "Are what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, people can't live for five seconds without making something about themselves. Please, okay, this is a retreat. Picture it being in person the way it probably would be if we weren't in COVID times. Imagine a hundred and something people talking while the main person leading the retreat is talking. That's, that's, that's literally what I felt I was experiencing. I was like, I can't even focus because everyone is in the chat talking about their tragedies. And I don't know who started that or who even invited them to do that. So, and I, I, without a doubt, have like adult ADD. Like I've just diagnosed myself with that. So I truly could not pay attention to this. And I just felt so irritated the whole time. And then I tried Saturday morning to come on for a couple hours and that was truly all I could withstand. Like, this was just not the format for me. 
I could not get much out of it. But the small amount of time I spent in this <laughs> retreat, um, I got some further information because when I first told you guys about this, I mentioned the fact that like I'm not too, um, I don't love the fact that we've taken the word patriarchy and applied it to literally everything. Like we're just in this time in the world where everything is overdramatized and it actually takes away from the importance of some of these things, in my opinion. So um, I was like, just curious to see what this perspective would be. And really, the, the root of what this woman was teaching was the fact that women for generations now have obviously, you know, been oppressed to some extent and that that lives within all of us. Even though things have gotten progressively better, there's still so much work to do as we all can blatantly see. Um, so all of that oppression lives within women. And it's the reason for so many issues that basically all women face. The struggle to ask for what they need, to ask for what they want, to feel equal to men. And that ends up touching so many different parts of our personalities and our lives that we could not even imagine. So that was the whole extent of this. And the the root of uh this trauma being passed down is called intergenerational trauma and i've been hearing more about it recently and then this retreat talked about it pretty extensively hold on my cat is bothering me okay i'm back <laughs> so intergenerational trauma i've been learning a little bit more about it and honestly, <laughs> if you thought life was hard, it's harder than you think. <laughs> like, it's great that we're starting to learn about these things. But, dude, like, it just never ends. There's always so much to learn about. And there's so much, so much self-work to do. It's exhausting. But we have to do it. And, and we'll be better for it. But this whole concept has really thrown me for a loop. <laughs> so to summarize what intergenerational trauma is in like the easiest terms possible, it's the idea that <clears throat> trauma can be passed down genetically um, and also through tradition and behavior. So not only are we dealing with whatever traumas we've experienced in our own life and whatever, you know, anxieties, mental health issues that we have. But we're also dealing with our mom's trauma, our grandpa's trauma, our great aunt Susie's trauma. So I'm like, <laughs> And I think this will change for future generations because our generation is doing so much work on ourselves and so much work on ending generations worth of patterns, behaviors, traumas, anxieties. But right now, we're one of the first generations really getting into this work. 
So, so many of our parents, grandparents, great-grandparents went through so much shit and never really dealt with it. So now we have it. Good stuff, right? Okay, good. All right, so now I'm going to do some reading for you. Um, This particular article is from the American Psychological Association. It's APA.org. And the article is about legacy trauma. So, just wanted to read this, um, like, one of the studies that they did. Okay. Researchers studying Native American and Canadian populations are finding broad effects among children and grandchildren of survivors of mass cultural oppression. In a 2014 review paper in Transcultural Psychiatry, psychologist Amy Bombay, an assistant professor at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, Canada, and colleagues examined studies looking at intergenerational effects of Indian residential schools, institutions run by the Canadian government from the 1880s until the mid-1990s. Eliminating the Indian problem, in quotes, was the aim of the schools, according to original government text. The schools provided a substandard education and taught Native children to be ashamed of their languages, cultural beliefs, and traditions. Two large-scale national surveys included in the review found that children, and in some cases grandchildren of those who attended the schools, were more likely to report psychological distress and suicide attempts, to have learning difficulties and problems in school, and to contract hepatitis C through drug use than controls whose parents had not attended such schools. Less directly studied is the multi-generational impact of slavery on African Americans. Of course it's less studied, because, because that's us. But an important line of related research study is the relationship between ongoing racial discrimination and trauma. Monica Williams of the University of Connecticut, who has extensively explored this topic, recently developed a measure to assess anxiety related to racial discrimination. Williams and colleagues found that 123 African-American students who took the measure, those who reported high rates of perceived discrimination, also had higher rates than others of uncontrollable hyperarousal, feelings of alienation, worries about future negative events, and perceiving others as dangerous. <sighs> okay, so that's just one small piece of the article, but do you see what I'm saying? Like something that you might not even know that happened to your grandparent could be literally living in your DNA and causing you anxiety and stress. So this shit just gets deep and there's so much work to do. So please, if you have not started like a journey of self-awareness and growth, let's get to it because it's a long journey. So like we got to start and we just got to go for it. Um, I also found it very interesting that, of course, uh, African-American oppression has not been more studied in this area. But if we're thinking intergenerational trauma... I think this could bring so much light to why present-day African-Americans struggle so deeply with with all of this deep-rooted oppression. Because the argument I hear so often is that things are much better for African-Americans now and they do have the same opportunities, which I'm not even going to get into that. That's It's just not true. If you have a different opinion, that's beautiful. Um... But compound the fact that there is a system built on racism that 
absolutely does not favor African Americans. And then there's also this intergenerational trauma because we cannot forget that slavery was in fact not too long ago. So maybe this type of study, I just hope it gets more popular and I hope they do start to pay attention to African Americans especially because this could do so much for helping people understand on a scientific level because apparently people struggle with like empathy (laughs) in general but maybe from a scientific perspective if we're able to literally understand that the trauma of being a slave is living in African Americans today maybe we can understand their pain more um okay now I'm going to read another article that talks about the actual um genetic process of passing trauma down okay so again I'm taking just a small piece from a larger article the article is from scicom.net and then the article covers the epigenetics of trauma okay so this little piece of the article is titled how extreme situations have impacted offspring mason shared the field of epigenetics gained real traction about a decade ago when scientists published seminal research on the dutch hunger winter an extended period of famine that took place towards the end of world war ii when the nazis blocked food supplies in october 1944 thrusting much of the netherlands into famine when the dutch were liberated in may 1945 more than 20,000 had died of starvation pregnant women were particularly vulnerable and the famine impacted the unborn children for the rest of their lives scientists found that those who had been in utero during the famine were a few pounds heavier than average. The thinking goes that the mothers, because they were starving, automatically quieted a gene in their unborn children involved in burning the body's fuel. When the children reached middle age, they had higher LDL cholesterol and triglyceride levels. They also suffered higher rates of obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and schizophrenia. When scientists look into why, they found that these children carried a specific chemical mark, an epigenetic signature on one of their genes. (sighs) It's frightening. Dr. Rachel Yehuda, director of the Traumatic Stress Studies Division at the ICANN School of Medicine at Mount Sinai in New York City, conducted a 2015 study on the children of 40 Holocaust survivors. She found that they had epigenetic changes to a gene linked to their levels of cortisol, a hormone involved in the stress response. She also found a distinctive pattern of DNA methylation another epigenetic marker the study concluded that both parents and unborn children were affected on a genetic level while much of yehuda's work was focused on the children of holocaust survivors she also observed that infants born to mothers who were pregnant on 9 11 had low cortisol levels which were associated with the presence of maternal ptsd again more evidence for the theory of epigenetics even still she says it is a premature to conclude that trauma can cause heritable changes and worries that research may create a bleak narrative that one generation's trauma may be permanently scar future generations. Okay, so our girl, um, Dr. Rachel Yehuda, is being a little bit positive, but um, her studies also found that there are genetic changes, so I'm a little confused on how she's telling us that maybe it's not true. Um, Okay, so (laughs) 
think of the children of ours after we went through COVID. Like, I'm sure <laughs> many of us uh, internalize that stress and we'll probably pass it on to our kids, so that's great. Um, now, I'm just telling you these things because I just need to stress how important it is to do the work. There are so many layers to being a human, and I know it can seem exhausting, but if you want to get really weird with me, I truly think our souls are on this planet to evolve and to be better and to figure these things out. Like, it is our ultimate test on this earth to undo our pain and the pain of past generations. So... I was listening to a podcast because I'm sure some of you might be wondering how the fuck do I deal with stress of family members that I might not even know. And I know it's exhausting, but one thing you could do is if you have any living family members, literally get to know more about them. And I think that's just like a family strengthening exercise. I think and I'm super guilty of this. I've never asked my grandparents questions, and now I basically can't. Both of my grandfathers, one of them passed away before I was born. My other grandfather passed away when I was three. And my two grandmas now are, like, not in any condition to be telling me stories about their past. So, that sucks. <laughs> but if you have any way to learn more about your family's history and your lineage... First of all, I think that's, I think learning about people is the best way to gain more appreciation for them. So I think it's an invaluable experience no matter what. But you can start to uncover these past traumas and kind of break the chain for your family and stop passing these things along. Um, and then another thing. We're about to get real hippy-dippy, so if you're not into that, I might lose you here. <laughs> but there is um, there's regression therapy, which is like a form of hypnosis where you can dig into your own traumas that your mind might have forgotten or, you know, placed aside for your own protection. But there's also past life regression therapy. So, on top of our family's traumas, I am of the belief that we have past lives. And if you are of that belief, it is believed that traumas that you incurred in past lives could be living with you currently. So, yes, I'm adding another layer of things to work on. <laughs> Not only did you have to deal with your present self and all your family's past generations, but you also have to deal with your past lives. <laughs> I'm like, I'm devastated. But it's a very interesting concept. If you haven't dove into this at all and I sound batshit crazy to you right now, that's okay. I would have thought the same thing a few years ago. But there's um, a book called Many Lives, Many Masters. If you're interested in the science of past lives, 
that's a great place to start. Um, it's a book written by a, uh, a doctor in psychology and it's his account of accidentally running into past lives of clients through hypnosis. So I'll leave that out there for you if you don't believe in that stuff. <laughs> but if you do believe in that stuff, um, it could be very beneficial to do a past life regression with a therapist and see what comes up for you. Um, I'm digging myself into a hole of sounding like a fucking Looney Tune, but like, that's okay. I'll, I'll do that. So, um, I have not done a past life regression. I looked up a therapist who actually worked, who was trained by the doctor who wrote Many Lies, Many Masters. Um, but her first intake session takes three hours and it's almost a thousand dollars. So I'm a wait on that. But I swear to you, (laughs) if you have any completely like out of the blue strange anxieties or fears that you don't know where they came from, you might want to consider that it could be a past life thing because, okay, let, let me tell you what I think mine is. Okay, so when I was like 12 years old, literally from one day to the next, I had a horrible fear of tornadoes. I've never seen a tornado. I've never experienced a tornado. I don't know anyone who's experienced a tornado. And literally from one day to the next, when we'd be driving in the car, okay, me and my mom, and if it started to get cloudy out, literally all I had to see was gray skies, and I would spiral, hysterically crying, saying we have to get home, we can't be in the car. I'd have to literally cover my face with like a blanket or jacket, so that I couldn't see the outside. And this went on for like a year. And then it completely went away. Like now I love storms. So I don't know. I think when I was 12 in a past life. I was killed by a tornado. <laughs> I'm like we need to end this episode. Enough is enough. I sound fucking crazy. But listen. I think life is so much more than we can comprehend and I think there's so many things at play um and obviously our logical brain takes us away from all of that but I think it's worth diving into even if it feels a little weird and a little crazy um but slowly there is like science is starting to look into all of these things so there's more information and as crazy as I sound sometimes I do love science and I do have a very balanced perspective of the things I believe in and I'm always aware of the fact that I might be dead wrong about things I believe in but if it's keeping you on a positive path and it's encouraging self-awareness and doing work on yourself I don't think there's anything wrong with that um but be open-minded and be willing to do this work of exploring yourself your own past your family's past um I I really do think it is like the ultimate task of being a human 
and for so long past generations have not had the luxury of spending that time on themselves like they were living in war and famine or they truly had just never even heard of this shit psychology was not in existence uh well the the study of psychology was not in existence so I think we need to take advantage of the times we're in for as hard and weird as things are the world has actually never been a better place to live if you disagree with that concept um we can talk about it but there's truly never been a better time to be a human um we have so many luxuries afforded to us there's so much more science so much more um resources for mental health for self-awareness for personal development so i just think it is our responsibility to take advantage of those things and become better people but that is all for now um i know i'm basically leaving you with like whole new levels of stress and anxiety but it's just an opportunity to learn more and to be better so just just look at it that way um that's all for now kiddos i will talk to you soon i hope you enjoyed this week's episode If you want some more of me or are interested in my life coaching services, you can find me on Instagram at Let's Fucking Talk. And I would absolutely love and appreciate it if you could rate, review, and subscribe to my show wherever you listen to it. And I will talk to you next week.